It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Welcome to another edition of the IDP Corner. My name is Justin Varnes. You can follow me on Twitter at DownWithIDP. I'm one of two IDP analysts over at FantasyPoints.com. And with me, as always, we're getting ready for uh, a Thanksgiving Day slate, although I'm not sure when this will get released. It'll prob- we'll probably miss that. But uh, I'm excited to enjoy a little bit of Thanksgiving chopping it up with my man, Thomas Simons. How are you doing today, Thomas? Cold-hearted orb that rules the night. Removes the colors from our sight. Red is gray and yellow white, but we decide which is right and which is an illusion. Cue the orchestra. I'm doing well, Justin. How about you? How long does it take you to to pick one of these to to drop on me every week? What's the? Is it just <laughs> uh, like of, come right to you, or do you like momentarily? Yeah, it just okay. pops into my head. I have a lot of useless information floating around in between these ears, so it just kind of pops up every now and then and you know i go with it <laughs> well at least you got something between your ears my yeah. mine's just basically a big uh, for rent <laughs> sign so um yeah <laughs> that's the sound i hear all the time when i'm, when I'm just by myself well first uh, of all, all right, happy well, thanksgiving to you i know that this for our fans out there this could probably be posted on or after the holiday but we hope that everything is is going well for all of you out there yeah, this is going to be a fun one. We got three games on th- Thanksgiving and then a Friday game a as well. Friday night game. Wow, yeah. Black Friday. Holy I, – I don't think I've ever – outside of maybe something to get moved from Sunday because of a hurricane, I don't remember a Friday night game. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. It's nice. It's so much nicer when they when they spread all these games out and we're not trying to somehow keep track of 16 games all in a, within a couple of hours. So Yeah. However exactly. it happened. Especially on the holiday. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So we're not sure when this will actually drop. These usually drop on um, Friday, but obviously it's a different kind of week this week. So um, we'll mainly focus on on the on the on the weekend on the Sunday games. But um, uh, Thomas, you want to get started? Let's hit, let's hit some of our Week Twelve observations. Sure, I'm going to start with a rookie, and his name is Jordan Battle. Uh, he put himself on the fantasy map last week, posting ten solos and an assist against the uh, Ravens. His twelve total tackles, which included a, a uh, special teams assist matched his season total in the previous 10 weeks combined. Now this is not to say battle will continue to do this every matchup or every week, but this particular matchup had a lot to do with his production and, and being that it was the Ravens, but for dynasty leagues, time to stand up and take notice on this kid battle is, is the real deal. And you're going to see more of him as the weeks unfold. Yeah, he seems to have uh, usurped uh, Nick Scott there in that secondary Indeed. safety role. Uh, I want to talk. Uh, I want to mention uh, one of my favorite subjects over the last couple of years, Alex Singleton. <laughs> he had another one of his trademark monster games last week. He racked up 16 tackles, of 11 of which were solo. That's uh, double-digit tackles in seven of his last eight games. We obviously know that he's got that capability in him, but he has, he's, he has this ability to bust through a, 
a, a tackle ceiling and and push up to 20 tackles at, at times. I mentioned that because this week, uh, I think he's got a pretty good shot to, to have another monster game because he faces the number one matchup for linebackers uh, when, when he hosts Cleveland this week. So if you got Alex Singleton, you've been enjoying some of his monster games, he might have a back-to-back one this time. Yeah, you, you bring up a, a, a very valid point in, in that he's facing the matchup he's got against Cleveland is exceptionally uh, good for him. There are 50-50 this year. Normally, they're they're more run than they are pass, but this year they're 50-50. But they, they do um, give a lot of production to the linebackers. And Singleton, how often have you pulled your hair out, in particular you, <laughs> pulled your hair out? And, and because of Singleton, I mean, one week he, he pops you a three or four tackle game, and next week he gives you 20. <laughs> Drive me nuts. Um, in the same Thursday night game this week, or last week, that I was mentioning in my first uh, bit about Jordan Battle, uh, Odaway uh, Odafe Owe extended his sack streak to three straight games and four out of the last five outings. Now, he does have a bye coming up in week 13, and his schedule is tougher against teams that don't allow a ton of sacks. Still, we need to point out this this streak of his because we'll let you be the judge going forward. Uh, I want to talk about Richie Grant. Uh, he's coming off of his bye. Uh, I really like him this week. Uh, he did have this one uh, random dud at week five. I went back and looked at it. And for some reason, for that one game, they elected to play Grant deep uh, way more than usual. He played uh, 67% of his snaps uh, you know, deep as, as, as a deep safety. That was the only game he was used like that in, though. Um, uh, I tell you a trend that has actually started to to creep up for him. Uh, he's normally around the box a lot, but he's actually been on the defensive line a, a good amount lately. Normally he's there for two, four, five snaps kind of thing, but I've noticed now that he's hit the double digits there a couple of times. He's been more in the 8 to 15 range. That actually is going to create some more uh, big play opportunities for him. I already like his matchup. I think he's going to have a, a solid regular tackle game, but looking for some tackles for loss, maybe some big plays a sack or so as he starts to spend a little bit more time on the defensive line. We've seen that from a lot of our, um, a lot of our our defensive backs who kind of creep up on that defensive line. We saw it with Trent McDuffie in that uh, Kansas City uh, Eagles game, right? Yep. He's the, yep. he's their slot corner who who has been spending more time near that defensive line, and he racked up two sacks against uh, against uh, Philadelphia the, the other night. Yeah, um, so I'm not exactly saying Grant's got to get two sacks this week, but if you've got Grant, it's a good week to use him anyway. But now that they're coming out of a bye, we're going to be watching carefully to see if we don't see his big play production tick up a little bit as he finishes the season. Great call on Grant. Uh, I'm going to stay with the Ravens for a moment and talk about defensive lineman Justin Matabuike. Uh, He's been on a very serious tear lately as he extended his streak of a half a sack or more in a game to eight straight outings. He has nine and a half sacks in 11 games this year, and the Chargers are allowing two and a half sacks per game. So Matabuike could continue his hot streak, even though he has a bye coming up in two weeks. He might be somebody to ride with this week if you're looking for a sack. Um, I want to talk about Derek Brown. Let's stay on the defensive line. Derek Brown, I don't think he gets talked about nearly enough. He's been having a monster season for Carolina. Obviously, Carolina is not having a great season. So sometimes we'll miss some really solid play from players on a team 
that that isn't thriving. He's been a, he's actually a top five fantasy DL right now. He's had twenty five tackles in his last four games, and he's hit the five tackle mark or five, five or more tackle mark eight times this season. Uh, he's gonna be facing the Titans team this week that seems to have found a little bit uh, more success running the ball by combining Derrick Henry and Tajay Sharp. So they're they've been running the ball a little bit more than than they were earlier. So I like Derrick Brown this week. He's a beast in the middle. Um, speaking of sack streaks, uh, Miami's defensive end Jalen Phillips extended his to four straight games as he notched his first multiple sack outing of the year last week in the week 11. He now faces the Jets, who have allowed the third highest number of sacks this year with 40 sacks allowed. In addition, the Jets are switching quarterbacks and they'll start Tim Boyle. And, and this has the makings of a Black Friday feast for Phillips. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's good. That's gonna be a, a crazy one. I mean, it's weird that how the Dolphins seemed to struggle a little bit last week. Uh, obviously, they were able uh, able to, to pull it off. But um, yeah, if you've uh, if you've got any Miami, Miami IDPs, I like them this week. Uh, I tell you what's been, what's been fun to watch Jalen Ramsey. Now he's is not producing many tackles. Uh, that's just not kind of how he's he's set up for the this defense at least yet. But um, man, it just seems like uh, every game he's got at least one interception, and he's gonna be facing Tim Boyle this week. So uh, I'm not starting him. Uh, I'm not starting Jalen Ramsey, but, no. it, but if he ends up with another interception this week, I would not be surprised given the matchup. Indeed. Um, another DB I like uh, is Xavier McKinney. Man, he has been on a tear lately. Uh, he just notched his third double-digit tackle game in a row, and now he has 75 tackles this season. Only Cameron Bynum and Cameron Curl have more tackles for a defensive back than Xavier McKinney. Uh, I believe the fast pace uh, of, of New England's play uh, this week uh, is going to help him. Uh, on paper, the Patriots look like a, a weak matchup for defensive backs, um, but but I think this is just a good combination. Like I said, they, the Patriots uh, have a, have one of the fastest paces of, of, of any team, and uh, the Giants have been a fairly weak defense. They're, they've allowed the fourth most yards per game uh, to opposing offense offenses. So I, I would not be surprised if New England's offense doesn't get a little bit off the mat this week, um, uh, depending on who they start at quarterback, of course. But uh, I'm not scared of the matchup. Let's put it that way. I, I'm, 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 I'm excited to continue to roll with McKinney this week. Talking of, of DBs, Derwin James has a three-game streak himself, five or more solos and seven or more total tackles going on right now now he faces the ravens who have the fourth highest number of offensive plays this year with 675 now with 53 percent of the ravens plays being rushing attempts and 16 percent of them being plays uh that were scrambles by their quarterback lamar jackson jones could have a very busy i mean james should have a very busy day even though yes james is a stud and a db1 and most people he's like 99 percent um taken on the waiver wire but if you've got him and you have any questions at all whether or not to play him as a flex don't hesitate roll him out uh let's keep with the defensive backs um let's talk about kevin byard uh in our waiver wire article last week he was one of our top tar- targets uh and then he went out and had eight solos and an interception on monday night football great call. that's yeah, that's well. That's seven plus tackles in all three of his games as an Eagle. I think that's really the trend we're kind of that, that Thomas and I are kind of looking at here. Is you know when he was in Tennessee, he was obviously a great fantasy asset, um, but they used him a little bit differently than than F- Philadelphia is using him. Uh, I think luck 
uh, played more of a factor uh, with, with in his production in Tennessee than it so far is playing uh, in Philadelphia. And anytime we can eliminate some variables uh, is always a good yes. thing, particularly with our, our DBs. Um, uh, this is a very aggressive Philadelphia defense. He seems to be doing very well on it. Uh, and just also just for this week, I think he's got a really good matchup. He's playing the Bills, who are who obviously continue to throw it a ton. Um, and uh, I do think you know this is a separate podcast, but I, I do think you know from from everything I've I've read and and heard, I do think some of this uh, interception um, talk for for Josh Allen gets a little overblown. Um, yes, but uh, I agree. Uh, so I'm not expecting Bayard to like pick him apart, but um, I do think it's a good matchup tackle wise, and he might end up with an interception after all. Let's see. Yeah, and Buffalo's been trying to run the ball a lot lately. I mean, they've been trying to get James Cook off and rolling. He's he's been approaching 100 yards in a few straight games, and and you, you've got to yes, Allen has that whole an INT thing hanging over his head, and everybody's pointing at him in that regard. But this is definitely a good matchup. That's a great call on that. With Denzel Perryman still on uh, suspension for another game, Blake Cashman is taking serious advantage of an, of the increased playing time. Now, Cashman had a monster 13 solo, 6 assist game last week, and he added a sack and a PD. Jacksonville is ranked 8th in run percentage with 46%. Uh, running plays. And that opens the door for some serious opportunities for Cashman to cash in again this week. Oh boy. I don't boom. <laughs> That's right. I got one coming too. Don't worry. Um, um, uh, uh, let's, let's, let's stay with the, with the Texans. I want to talk about um, Jonathan Gernard. I really like his matchup this week. It's the same matchup you were just talking about in terms of um, uh, Jacksonville being eighth and run percentage. Um, and they have produced um, 16.4 tackles per game to defensive line, which is just massive. Almost every week uh, they're producing um, some pretty good fantasy assets for our opposing defensive linemen. Uh, Grenard plays some of the highest snaps uh, on this defensive line. Uh, if you've got, if you're in a deep league and you have a DT required league and you, and you need a shot, I also like Malik Collins this week for the same reason. You know, Miles Garrett. Speaking of defensive linemen, he's been licking his chops right now as the as the Browns head into the Mile High City. Now, Denver is ranked seventh in sacks allowed with thirty two through ten games. Now, quarterback Russell Wilson tends to run into sacks more often than not, and Garrett has had thirteen sacks so far in twenty twenty three. His current five game sack streak boasts three multiple sack outings. So Garrett could be in line for a a very nice Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, let's stay with the Browns defensive line. Somebody else who's kind of uh, finally gotten things turned around is his uh, bookend, Zadarius Smith. He had a slow start to his career as a Brown. Uh, they move their defensive lineman. That entire defensive line gets moved around a lot. So it's it's that's not a sort of situation where you can look at Smith or 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 Garrett and say, okay, well, they are lining up here, so they're going to go after. They're going to mainly face the right guard or the right tackle. That is not how the Browns' defense works at all. I think it just took Zadarius a, a, a minute to get comfortable with exactly how they're moving around. I feel like he was playing slow at the beginning, and and now that I know a little bit more about how the, these guys are moving around, it makes sense that he was still cut. He was maybe a little bit more hesitant because he wasn't fully locked into where he was going to be. Uh, that all seems to have, have finally flipped around. So you know, um, 
for if at the beginning of of the uh, the year he had over the first five games he had just six tackles and zero sacks. But in the last five games, he's got 14 tackles and two and a half sacks. So I think this is, you know, trending upward. I also like him this week against that exact same matchup you're talking about. Obviously, we love Miles Garrett. It's not, it would be nice to see if Smith can get in there. And as the better Smith plays, the more it actually helps Garrett, too. So love the Garrett call. And I'm going to tail that and add a Zedaria Smith on the other side to a much lesser degree, of course. And it's really nice to see Smith finally starting to piece it together for fantasy owners. He's not going to give you a lot of tackles, as you mentioned. He he will give you two to four tackles, and it's the sacks that really start to add up. And this is a game where Denver, ha, you know, they, they're ranked seventh. So they're going to give up sacks, and, and Russell Wilson tends to hold onto the ball a little too much and then tries to, to shake and bake and make something happen, and that's when the sacks start happening, and that's when Smith and Garrett will, will unload on you. Now I'm going to stay in the Mile High City here and, and talk about the um, – with the suspension of, of Kareem Jackson, which we'll get to in a few moments at the end of the podcast – Justin Simmons has to pick up the slack at safety for Denver once again. Now, Simmons has a pick in three of his last six games. Cleveland, who who is ranked second in the NFL with 13 INTs this year, um, if you're in a scoring, um, if your scoring is tackle heavy, Simmons is not a great option. He tends to supply three to five total tackles, nothing spectacular. But an INT could be in store for you in week 12 if you need one. Uh, I'm going to wrap this up uh, talking about uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, uh, We've seen uh, Ivan Pace. uh, He had a really solid game filling in for Jordan Hicks, who, of course, is on the IR. Uh, Pace racked up nine tackles, six of which were solo, and he got a forced fumble. And he was also their every down linebacker. I do think uh, he'll fend off uh, our old school uh, Minnesota linebacker, Anthony Barr, who was recently signed. I, I do like Pace this week. He's facing a run-heavy attack against Chicago, so I think he's going to be on Pace for a pretty good game. Oh, but um, boom. There it is. <laughs> Cash that one in just in time. All right. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, with Pace, he was wearing the green dot last week, and there was a reason why Anthony Barr was was – on the waiver wire. I mean, he's, he's, he's not the linebacker that he used to be when he first started. And it doesn't bode well for Troy Dye or Brian Asamoah, who uh, Asamoah has been injured. He, he hasn't been playing. Dye, he didn't start or play more than Anthony Barr, which is not a good sign. So pace is a good call there. All right. Shall we move on to our uh, favorite part of the program? Yeah, there's quite a bit. Um, this is uh, this is one where I'm not going to take a deep breath because I won't last. <laughs> it's not going to last. Uh, I'm going to start off with injured reserve. There's quite a few. Um, defensive tackle like Fotu from Arizona landed on IR, as did linebacker Kazir White, who injured his elbow last week. Also, linebacker Joey Bosa on the Chargers landed on IR with a foot injury. Nicobe Dean was placed on IR before the last week's game uh, with a foot injury. And safety Rodney McLeod on Cleveland injured his biceps, IR. Safety Keno Neal from Pittsburgh, ribs. And safety Talanoa Hufanga from San Francisco tore his ACL, done for the year. Now, these are the players that are questionable. Uh, some of them 
I'm not going to mention any of the Thursday games because even if we post this uh, on Thursday, the chances are the games will already have been played by the time you hear this. So I'm just going to roll into the players' names and the rest of the weekend's questionable players. Uh, they, mo- All of these players, their practice reports have not come out yet as we do this podcast, so there's not much information we can give you other than tell you that on discord we'll post the the ins and outs and and questionables uh later at the end of the weekend or the the end of the week now defensive tackle jonathan ledbetter arizona a shoulder defensive tackle david oniamata oniamata how do you say that oniamata oniamata yeah oniamata yeah Atlanta ankle defensive end Sam Hubbard Cincinnati ankle defensive end Quiddy Pay Indianapolis hamstring linebacker Anthony Walker Cleveland hamstring is likely out this week could miss a few weeks he's a week to week linebacker Jawan Bentley in New England questionable with a hamstring linebacker Henry Toa Toa Houston is still dealing with a concussion linebacker Levante David injured his groin last weekend it's questionable cornerback D Alford Atlanta ankle cornerback Marlon Humphrey Baltimore calf cornerback Dane Jackson of Buffalo and cornerback Teron Johnson of Buffalo both have concussions and safety Taylor Rapp of Buffalo with a neck injury if you saw that game last weekend you saw the whole ambulance taking uh, Rapp away and having flashbacks to DeMar Hamlin cornerback CJ Henderson Carolina concussions cornerback JC Horn Carolina knee cornerback Cam Taylor Britt Cincinnati injured his quad last weekend questionable safety Juwan Thornhill, Cleveland, calf. Safety, uh, Jimmy Ward, Houston, hamstring. Cornerback, Juju Brents, Indianapolis, quad. Cornerback, Tyson Campbell, Jacksonville, hamstring. Uh, Safety, Marcus Epson, Las Vegas, with a neck injury. Cornerback, Kobe Durant, the Rams, shoulder. Cornerback, Caleb Evans, Minnesota, calf. Cornerback, Marshawn Lattimore, New Orleans, with an ankle. That could be a serious one. He could miss a few weeks. Cornerback, Adoree Jackson, New York Giants, concussion. Safety, Tony Adams, New York Jets, hand. Safety, Minka Fitzpatrick on Pittsburgh has missed a few games because of a hamstring, questionable. Safety, Jamal Adams on Seattle. He has a knee injury, but he's most likely going to play Thursday night if you get this before Thursday night's game. Cornerback, Carlton Davis the third, uh, Tampa Bay, hip. Can, uh, co- cornerback, Jamal uh, Jamel Dean on Tampa Bay foot. Safety, Percy Butler, Washington with a back. And cornerback, Sean Murphy, bunting on Tennessee with a thumb. All right. Yeah, that is a long list. Um, and that doesn't uh, include the Green Bay Packers with Devondre Campbell and Jermar, uh, Jar, Jar, um, Alexander, Alexander and Rudy Ford. And blah, 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 blah. Away we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that man, that injured reserve list alone is start, uh, contains a ton of uh, IDP starters I'm, for I'm us. I'm glad you, you said that because with this time of year, especially as we get past week 13 and 14, we start getting close to the fantasy playoff season for most of us or all of us it, it it's when teams start going hey we we're five and whatever and we're not making the playoffs so we're you, you got a hangnail i'm putting you on injured reserve and i'm going to bring in 
the junior who's 18 years old and is, is hungry for some playing time. That's when you start running into a lot of these players all of a sudden start piling onto the injured reserve and, and getting taken out for the rest of the year. So you got to be, you have to be very leery of this when you, when you're looking at your roster and you have to have insurance for, for certain key positions. Well, let's uh, now that we've covered the injuries, we we had some uh, roster moves uh, that are they're definitely worthy of some discussion. Uh, so uh, why don't you you want to break these down well, for us? The first one is is kind of a, a different signing. I mean, Blake Martinez had signed with the Carolina Panthers to their practice squad. Well, the Pittsburgh Steelers signed him off of the Panthers practice squad and have him on their roster now. Now that's an interesting signing because. You know, at first we thought Mark Robinson was going to step in for the injuries to uh, Cole Holcomb and Quan Alexander, but that didn't happen. They they went out and, and they signed Michael uh, Walker, and he actually started and played. Now, they obviously are not totally satisfied with Walker's performance, even though he looked good for fantasy owners. It didn't translate in the actual game because they went out and they signed Blake Martinez. Now, Martinez could, because he's on the roster, you don't have to worry about him being brought up from the practice squad or anything. It's just a matter of will he supplement Walker and and play more snaps in Walker or even start over Walker? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, the fact that he, you know, uh, basically was this stud linebacker for us uh, and then drifted away and you know the 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 Panthers could certainly use him obviously they've got Frankie Lugo right. but 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 beyond that the fact that a guy like Martinez who's still you know physically uh you know age wise at least in his prime the fact that he hasn't been picked up by a team I just think it's rare that a player like that um uh, who can't seem to you know lock on with a team? It's rare that those become actual fantasy assets. It's more that they get signed to the practice squad or they get signed uh, and and they work in a little bit. Now we've ha- we have seen uh, linebackers turn that around where all of a sudden they're you know they're 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 in, they're in a, a solid role and whereas last year they you know spent the year on the on the couch. Um, and Pittsburgh certainly needs help at linebacker, but you know because obviously because of all the injuries. But I, I do think Landon Roberts is playing well. And remember that uh, Pittsburgh in general they do not use an every down linebacker to begin with. So this is not a defense that uses two linebackers for eighty or a hundred percent of the snaps. So even if Martinez plays, he doesn't. He's not going to be operating on on a defense where he's going to be playing every snap. I mean, you know they've had some pretty pretty solid linebackers ahead of him who got injured that and they weren't playing every snap either. So I'm not looking as at this as somebody to, to pick up, but we will definitely watch over the next couple of weeks. Let's see where these snaps go. I'm not expecting him to get over 60% of the snaps. Yeah. And, and I think that this has not only a lot to do with, with Holcomb and Alexander going down, but it, I think it also has a lot to do with Neil going on injured reserve and Fitzpatrick not playing um, with that hamstring injury. So being the fact that they don't have linebackers in the box, I mean, safety's in the box and they don't have, uh, you know, depth at their linebacker. I, I think this is more of a, an insurance move for them. And yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I wouldn't go out and start him. You may want to sign him, but you definitely want to take a, a look at one or two games and, and judge whether or not they're going to use him, uh, or if he has any fantasy relevance. Now, Let's talk about the surprise of the week, and that was the Indianapolis Colts releasing Shaquille Leonard. 
Um, we've talked about Leonard all season long about how he's been a disappointment because of the injuries, the back surgeries, and he's constantly banged up. He still was getting a lot of playing time, but they, they, they let him go because they wanted him to make more big plays and he wasn't making the big plays that they're used to getting out of him in previous years. So this all of a sudden came out of, out of their bye week and poof, there goes Shaquille Leonard. Now they, they are planning on, they, they want to get EJ speed more playing time and, and allow him to step into the role of, of being a big playmaker. Um, this is obviously an indication that Zaire Franklin is is probably healthy enough to, to be playing this week. Um, uh, I don't see Alube being any you know fantasy relevance with Leonard going. I think it's speed that's going to benefit from that. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I definitely think speed will benefit. Uh, we've clearly seen a changing of the guard where Franklin has been you know a monster for them in, in the middle. Remember, we you know you remember this off season, Thomas. We were talking to um, you know Edwin, Edwin. Porras, yeah, yep. and he mentioned that you know these particular kind of injuries that he had suffered, um, you know, they really can sap a person's power, and 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 they are they are they are scary in terms of of what they're. Um, uh, what their long-term effects are and that, and that, you know, he wasn't expecting just based, you know, he's not watching a lot of linebacker tape or anything, but just based no. on the injury and what he knows about injuries, about these sorts of sports related injuries, he wasn't expecting Shaquille Leonard to come back and be the Shaquille Leonard. We all, we all knew. So um, that already, that you a, know, yeah, that was a great call by Dr. Edwin. Yeah. So, so we had already had him, you know, ranked, assuming he'd have a little bit of a slow start, but we, we pulled him some from that just based on that. So what we're seeing here, I think, first of all, he, you know, he was starting to play a a more regular role. We saw his snaps move up. He was playing, you know, 70, 80%. We were starting to see his tackles get into the seven to 10 range, which is just, uh, you know, which is, which is solid. And, and, you know, he was kind of functioning nicely as an LB three. Here's what I, you know, there's a couple of things I'm, I don't really know the answer to, but are certainly worth bringing up. Number one, we heard he was not happy with his role in terms of playing that kind of secondary linebacker position. He clearly was not happy. Number two, although, he, you know, he's actually been grading really, you know, really well for, um, for, uh, you know, uh, PFF has been grading him pretty, pretty well. Not those elite numbers he was putting up a while ago, but as we just said, we weren't necessarily expecting that. Um, in his last game, this this last game, um, he had. I mean, it was the, the worst game probably of his career. I mean, he you know yeah. he missed several tackles. He, and I I don't know this, but did did they see something physically change? And now he's not. He, you know they 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 see him every day in practice. Did they see that he's um, basically on the downturn and something happened and 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 he's not moving like the way he used to, or is you know was his effort in that game or whatever it was, the fact that he was unhappy with his role and then had one of the worst games of his career, you wonder how those two are connected and if the Colts decided to go ahead and jettison him. It, uh, you know, in, in seeing an interview with Shaq afterwards, he did not – he said this was a complete shock to him. Uh, he did not see this coming. Uh, so I, I'm curious as to um, – in other words, he was not. He didn't request a release or anything like no, that. That no. was um, that was. This came from the coaching staff, and yeah. apparently that it appears that they are they wanted more explosiveness and you know bigger plays out of Leonard, 
and they weren't getting that and they weren't seeing that and they were seeing a decline in that regard. And that's why they want to go with Speed, who's a lot younger and, and a lot more mobile. And granted, now Speed's not going to put up Leonard-type numbers, but they're looking for more explosiveness out of that position. And the fact that – so you brought up a very valid point about his tackles being up there. I've been – talking about this with Bobby Wagner in the past. And, and and this is very true for not just Wagner and Leonard, but any defensive player that you're analyzing their tackles on. The biggest key is your, your league may not focus or, or have scoring for tackles for loss, but that's a very, very important statistic for you to do research on because you can have 10 tackles, and but none of them are tackles for loss. And that means that the player that has the ball has gotten past your line of scrimmage and is no longer a tackle for a loss opportunity, which is what coaches are looking for, the explosiveness in, in big plays to get behind the line of scrimmage to create tackles behind the line of scrimmage. With Leonard, if he's, if he's got 10 tackles and none of them are tackles for a loss, that means he's making them in the secondary or at the second level. And that's a very critical piece of information for you to be leery of coaches saying, hey, wait a minute, we want to go in a different direction because you're not holding up well, you know, what we're looking for at that position. So tackles for a loss are a very clear indicator in, of whether or not a player is getting behind the line of scrimmage and making the the explosive plays or the big plays that the coaching staff is looking for. Yeah. And also, you know, they're, they're, um, this is also, you have to factor in salary, right? Uh, I mean, he's, yes, you know, he's, he's making six, seven million a, a year and, uh, I, and I, I the know, type of injury too. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I do think speed will jump up there and, and kind of take over where, where Leonard did. I don't see speed being an every down linebacker either. Um, but, but I could see speed jumping in there and being a seven to 10 tackle guy, um, you know, or six to nine tackle guy. Uh, I also read that he was, that they first told him he was benched, like he was not going to play. And then the next day they told him he was being released. So you're, you're uh, I think, yeah. So, so I think they had already decided that it was, um, going to be speed who's going to be starting for them going forward, particularly as this has not a, been a great season for the Colts. So you you would, you had mentioned that earlier about IR moves, right? Let's get some yeah. of these younger players in here. Let's cut salary. Let's let Shaq try and go catch on with another team. So, you know, the more you kind of walk through it, the, the more it, it, it starts to, the puzzle starts to get a little clearer. Uh, I do think Leonard still has, uh, uh, you know, tread left on those tires, if you will, in in a um in a uh, support role so I would not be surprised to see another team sign him limit his snaps so he stays fresh and uh but I think for IDP relevancy it's hard to trust him going forward well we've we've already taken a look at at some teams that you know that could use him I mean we mentioned the fact that Pittsburgh went and and took retread Blake Martinez off the off a practice squad I mean, the Steelers are obviously looking for a linebacker. Arizona just lost because they're white, and Philadelphia just lost to Kobe Dean. Now, the Eagles could be a very, very solid place for a Leonard to show up at. And uh, if I were to be hedging a a a bet here, or I would think that maybe that the Eagles would be targeting Leonard because he could help them in the middle on on a defense that's already stout, and they don't need him to be the stud he was when he was with the Colts early in the year. In, in his 
career. So Leonard, yeah, I totally agree that Leonard has still has tire uh, tread left on his tires. Still is a a, a valid uh, linebacker that can be used somewhere, and I think he signs within a week or so, and does does actually become active in somebody else's defense. Agreed. We got one more, right? Yeah, let's talk about the suspension. Kareem Jackson, safety from Denver, put a hit on Joshua Dobbs, um, which was look. This is he was Jackson was suspended four games for this illegal hit. Now this is the second time this year that Jackson has been suspended. The first time he got suspended was for three games. They dropped it down to two. This time he gets suspended four games on a, on a hit that J- Dobbs was being pulled backwards and going down when he lowered his shoulder and dropped into him and hit him in the head. So this is this is kind of a duh um, call by the, the referees and Jackson appealed this and, and rightfully so his appeal went for not and he his four game suspension was upheld. You know, we... We've talked about this in the past, how hard it is to play a game in, in which you're running at a very high rate of speed. It's The speed of the game is incredible. The violence and impacts are, are, are extremely high and, and volatile. It's hard to break down when you're, you're in, a, a, in the motion of or the idea of, oh, I got to take this guy down and tackle him and yeah, I understand that, but there are certain plays where you don't go full full bore and lower yourself into somebody who's going down. If they're going down, okay, well, you can go on top of them, but don't drill them in the head. And on suspensions, we've talked about you know off the the microphone between you and I about suspensions between offensive and defensive players and the statistics, obviously. You know, you're you're not going to get a illegal hit on an offensive player as much as you do on the defense because the defense is tackling the ball and that's what their job is. Where the offense is more to move the ball, you do get more you know steroids, uh, other things that are are on the offensive side more so than on the defensive side. But what are your thoughts on on? the the illegal hits and in particular this particular hit by Jackson. Well, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of things here. It's it's always hard to judge intent, of course, and I think mm-hmm. I think I think the NFL's made it clear that um regardless of the intent if if you continue to lead with your helmet or you continue to make contact with with you know in 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 a in an area and and in a um uh, uh in a motion that will uh, that that will likely cause severe head or neck injuries. They're going to they're gonna they're gonna they're suspend gonna you. They're gonna yeah. They're just they are just for player safety uh, because they can't. They're not going to be talked out of it. You know, uh, and that's really where the like the multiple offender thing comes in handy, right? It's just going to happen from time to time. Just you know, the the play everything's going everything's moving too fast. Occasionally, you're going to do that. I think what they're often looking at is technique, right? Not you know. Is he throwing, you know, where, where is he throwing his shoulder? Like one of the, you know, we've seen Kareem lead with his helmet way too often lately. Um, And I I think at some point they realize if, you know, if they don't do this now with Kareem Jackson, this, this is going to continue to, you know, 
you're gonna you're, you're gonna set a bad precedent if you don't just go ahead and and put, um, slam the brakes now and say, you know, okay, you know, we'll, enough we'll, is enough. Yeah, we reduced your suspension suspension the first time, and you're you've gone right back to kind of using the same techniques you were using. So, uh, and th- th- this hasn't really built up to a point that that it should affect. Uh, any rankings or any projections, but but it is worth noting that you know this is just the nature of the beast. But the number of times these these sorts of suspensions happen, um, you know, that are uh, where we're losing a defensive player versus an offensive player. You know, it, it's it's pretty tilted toward the defensive side. I mean, offensive Indeed. players do get suspended, but it's off often for for off the field things. Uh, right. You know, both sides of the ball get suspended for off the field things. Uh, you know, on field things is just the nature of how this runs. The offense gets away with a lot more than the defense does uh, across the board. And um, uh, but it is one of these things where, you know, sometimes we'll go into I remember when Indomitian Sue was getting suspended se- seemingly left and right. And um, Vontez perfect. Right. Yeah. Uh, Thomas and I would have lengthy conversations heading into a season trying to figure out how to. You know, it's one. You know, we discount players for injuries, right? Well, the guy keeps getting injured right. or has multiple Their histories. That, right, that and have. at some point, you have to start looking in, like for perfect, and rightfully so, uh, because he didn't turn it around the way Sue did. Like we started to, uh, to assume that perfect was going to probably miss a few games with the suspension, uh, which is yeah. a crazy thing to work into your projections. So, luckily, Kareem Jackson isn't like a top ten IDP asset anyway. But it is an interesting topic to discuss. Uh, you know, down the road, as, as uh, certain players on the defensive side might have to be considered uh, losing a couple of games in a season due to a suspension, due to how they play and how they use their techniques that they're taught. You know, it, for those out there who are wondering, you know, I, I saw the play and it, it what you saw was a camera two game look or a tight look of Dobbs coming around the end. And then out of the left side of your screen, you see Jackson coming in with his head down and lowered. You've got to realize that New York – is where they do a lot of these reviews for suspensions and hits and any kind of questionable calls and challenges during a game. All of it goes back to New York because New York, what folks don't realize is that there are people in New York who are sitting in an office or sitting in a warehouse watching every single camera angle out of the the truck, the truck that's at the game broadcasting the game broadcasts every camera they have back to New York. And they have people sitting there watching every single angle. And so they see and what they have is, is they call an all 22, which is a very wide shot. You see the entire field so you don't miss anything. And you can see Jackson coming from the safety position 10, 15 yards away l- heading straight towards the play and never once slowing down and then lowering his head at the end and just boom. So there's a clear indication, as you had mentioned, what's the intent? The intent is is seen from different angles in New York, whereas you don't see all those different angles when you're watching it at home. And they, there's a lot of things that, that are involved in the decision making and why why they actually went and make made this call because of the fact that Jackson had a very long lead run in and didn't slow down as the play was breaking down in front of him. So that's something to keep in mind when you when you hear about suspensions and you hear about things of this nature that happen on the field. You know, why did they make that call? Well, they're seeing things and they're seeing more information than you are at home. 
Well, I guess Justin has taken a break for the the rest of the day. So, well, the uh, when, when you don't when you don't hit your mute button, your unmute button, you start pontificating, and nobody in the entire galaxy can hear you. So, I'll try I that again. We, I think we said it earlier. If you needed proof, if you, you you shouldn't have needed proof at this point, but if you needed proof, there it is. Uh, I was just saying we're heading into week 12 and wanted to wish everybody happy Thanksgiving. And also, uh, you know, we're obviously getting into the to playoffs doorstep here. Uh, so keep your eyes um, uh, and ears peeled for our, our updates on the website, our podcasts that come out weekly. And obviously, um, uh, if you're a premium subscriber, hop in that Discord app and, and let's let's get everybody to their fantasy championships. Thomas, I hope you get to enjoy some turkey, and uh, I hope you uh, get, get some much needed rest, my man. Uh, I'll see you guys. I'll see you next week. Uh, you want to take yeah. us out? Be well and be safe. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform, and come join the roster at fantasypoints.com. 